It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.sal's neighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328-912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn properties that's right all the properties if you're going to be traveling and you need to stay somewhere stay at a Holiday Inn property my favorites are uh, the Holiday Inn resorts and Holiday Inn Express. Now, if you're traveling and you're going to stay at one of these uh, great facilities, then uh, you need to save some money because Billy C can get you a discount. That's right. Just call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364, 844-603-0364, or just click on the banner. That's on BillyCBoxing.com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Um, coming up later in the week, um, we're doing our blast from the past on former light heavyweight contender... Uh, James Scott, who was always uh, one of my favorite fighters. I, I, I remember uh, watching him uh, on uh, on TV from Rawway Prison, and it always uh, had this eerie feeling uh, about uh, watching uh, uh, him fight. He just passed away, uh, I guess it was last week, at 70 years old. Uh, so uh, I thought it would be fitting to do a uh, blast on him. So uh, look for that on Wednesday, as well as uh, Boxing Hall of Famer uh, and New Jersey uh, Athletic Commissioner uh, Larry Hazard, uh, who's also uh, scheduled uh, to join us on Wednesday. Uh, so make sure you uh, uh, stop around for that. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, today, pretty much, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, my post-fight thoughts on... Vasily Lomachenko um, knocking out uh, Jorge Linares. 
in uh, in the tenth round with with a devastating body shot. Um, listen, what can I say? Uh, Vasily Lomachenko is one of the best fighters I've ever seen. I, I'm sorry, he is. You know, I, I know uh, he improved to eleven and one, twelve professional fights, nine knockouts. Um, you know, and you could say what you want. Yeah, he's he's had an extensive uh, amateur career. You could say what you want about uh, other uh, great fighters who who had a much longer uh, reign as champion or just a longer career. But this is a special fighter, man. I mean, if you can't see it, I don't know. Don't take it personal, but you don't know boxing. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is when I watch Lomachenko fight, I'm seeing a guy that really possesses everything that you need to be a fighter. I mean, he, he's he's got a mean streak, okay? Um, he's got a, a little uh, attitude, you know, there's no question about that. Um, you know, he taunts a little bit uh, when he's in the ring. But this guy is just, he's fantastic. You know, when I think of... Um, the sweet science and the arguments that have, you know, blossomed over the last decade about, you know, what is and what isn't the sweet science. And, you know, not that I want to mention his name, but I have to, you know, Floyd Mayweather was a, was a guy that really got people thinking that his style of fighting was the sweet science. People have given him accolades or how great defensively he was, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is could he avoid punches and, and be great defensively? Could he counterpunch? Yeah, I mean, Floyd's one of the best. But don't compare him with Lomachenko. I got news for you. Uh, Lomachenko, I think, displays, at, at, with 12 pro fights under his belt, and one of them being a loss, displays the sweet science really like no other. Uh, this is a guy that is standing right in front of you and you can't hit him. Uh, the way he pivots and the way he, he creates angles to deliver punches, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. It really is. I, I mean, I, and then when he goes in for the kill and when he lands those punches, you know what's amazing? When I'm watching a guy, now he's in there with, you know, he's not fighting a schlup. You know, he's not cherry-picking an opponent. He f clearly was fighting a talented guy with, with that could match his hand speed. Um, you know, uh, Linares definitely had some hand speed uh, and was way bigger and, and you know, punched powerfully. I mean, you know, that knockdown that he uh, got in the sixth round uh, over, uh, you know, uh, over Lomachenko, you know, I didn't think Lomachenko was really hurt. He caught him, you know, flush on the face and, you know, caught him, knocked him off balance, dropped him. Um, what bothered me about that was how, a matter-of-factly, uh, you know, the, the commentators uh, were mentioning that it automatically is a 10-8 round, and all three judges scored it such. I looked at the scorecards. They all scored it a 10-8 round. The question is, who was winning that round? I thought that Lomachenko was winning that round um, pretty decisively. It wasn't until after that round that Linair started putting his foot on the gas and looked better. That that knockdown kind of rejuvenated Jorge. 
and you know he started looking good and won a couple of rounds after that. But prior to that, I thought it was all Lomachenko. How do you do a two-point swing on a round that was, for all intent and purposes, being dominated uh, by uh, uh, Lomachenko? This is exactly what Larry uh, Hazard talks about. But nonetheless, here's a guy that's pivoting, and Lomachenko nailing the shots. The thing that impresses me the most is that when he nails, when he when he delivers a punch and he nails his opponent, like the way he was splitting the, the guard of uh, Jorge Linares and, and landing an uppercut or landing not one but two punches successfully, uh, you know, boom, boom, one, two, between the guard, the accuracy is unbelievable. How do you, how do you not give him credit? I, I mean, you, you know, you have to. My concern right now is that um, the division that he's in uh, the lightweight division. Now, Linares uh, isn't exactly, uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is bigger than most of, of the other uh, lightweights out there. But I just thought that uh, Vasily Lomachenko was fighting out, out of a weight class. Did he do it? Yeah, great fighters do that. Great fighters, you know, uh, move up and weight and, and challenge themselves. And nobody can say that Vasily hasn't challenged himself because he certainly has. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's what great fighters do. Great fighters do great things. And, uh, you know, by him moving up in weight. Now, there was a lot of talk of the poten- potential matchup between him and uh, uh, Mikey Garcia. Now, I don't like that matchup. And I'll tell you why. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia, um, I, you know, he's one of my favorites, okay? But I think he's too big for Lomachenko. I really do. I thought, you know, watching, seeing him in the ring next to Jorge Linares um, made me feel, wow, you know, this is uh, uh, really a dangerous fight for Lomachenko. Thankfully, his his uh, skill set carried him through. And, and, you know, that's another thing I want to point out. There's no question about his skill set. And what what I really am impressed with with him is the fact that he is able to um, you know stand in that pocket even with the bigger guy. You know, I, I mean, he's in there with the bigger guy, and he's still uh, in, in standing in the pocket. Um, you know, I, listen. You know, does that take anything away from, from Jorge Linares? Does this fight take anything away from Jorge Linares? No. I, you know what? Linares is, is, a, is a, a talented fighter in his own right. And, um, you know, he's got hand speed. He's got punching power. Um, you know, his defense is decent. I mean, not against Lomachenko, but it's, it's decent. You know, he's got the problem with his eyes, cut. Uh, you know, getting cut all the time. Um Listen, it was a body shot that that put him out. It was a body shot that put out uh, Linares. He couldn't recover from it. Um, you know, at, at first I didn't even see it. You know, I had to wait till the reverse angle. I didn't even see the punch, and it certainly didn't look, uh, you know, any harder than any of other uh, any of the other Lomachenko punches that you know were being thrown and landed. But it clearly did its damage. Um, you know, it, it was. Hey, what can I say? A couple of points I want to make. Just, you know, we'll get through some of these other fights too real quick. Um, we'll go back to uh, Vasily. But 
Lomachenko improves to 11 and one with nine knockouts. Uh, third uh, world title belt he's won quicker than anyone. 12 fights. Uh, you know, uh, was able to uh, break down and uh, and then finally beat uh, Linares, who who by the way. Um, I was a little surprised at the scorecards, to be honest with you. At the point of the stoppage, two judges had it 86-84. However, one of them had it for Lomachenko, and one had it for Linares. And then the third judge, Julie Letterman actually, had it even at 85-85. It sounded to me, when I saw the scorecards, that this fight, the result, if it went to the final bell, was going to be a draw. It was going to be a draw. I don't see how uh, Linares would have been winning this fight. I just don't see it. Um, did he land some great shots? Yeah, he did. But not the same. When, when Lomachenko would land his punches, he landed them in succession. And he landed them clean. I mean, they were clean. You know, the uppercuts were, were, were great. And then when he came back uh, over the top and would just split the guard of, of uh, uh, Linares, I mean, it was a beautiful, uh, listen, it was a beautiful fight to watch. If, if there's people out there that thought that it wasn't an exciting fight, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, you would think is exciting. But let's just run through some of these other uh, fights real quick. Um, Carlos Adames improved to 14-0. Uh, and 0. Uh, when he won a unanimous decision against Alejandro Barrera, uh, Barrera drops to twenty-seven uh, and five with uh, seventeen knockouts. The way the judges scored it: ninety-eight, ninety-two, ninety-seven, ninety-three, ninety-six, ninety-four. Again, uh, the scores kind of all over the place. Um, just to keep you updated, Michael Conlon um, improved to seven and over five knockouts uh, when he went the distance. Uh, with uh, um, Ibon Laranga, Laranega, Laranega, I think is how you say it, and I apologize, you know, you know me. If anybody's watching this show for any length of time, they know I moida uh, not only the English language but uh, people's names, and I apologize. Uh, 80 to 72 was the way all three judges so scored that one. Um how about the fight over on HBO? Uh, first of all, I, I, let's talk about commentators for a sec. Um, the Showtime event, which I'll get to uh, in, in a minute, uh, theirs was the Friday night. Um, I, you know what? It is such a pleasure to listen to that broadcast without Maury Vernalo. I mean, it's like you're watching a different network. Uh, Barry Tompkins is great, and, uh, I, you know, it's uh, it's a shame that you know Stephen F. Espinosa, uh, the guy you would never want to uh, you know leave any child with unattended. But um, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that um, Ronaldo ruins the broadcast. Here you got Al Bernstein and Paulie Malinaji, arguably two of the uh, best uh, uh, you know analysts, ring analysts uh, in the sport. And, and they're being overshadowed by a loud, screaming idiot in uh, Ronaldo. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. It was, it was a pleasure to watch and listen without him. As far as the ESPN broadcast, which the Lomachenko fight was on, um, 
you know, Joe Testator is Joe Testator. He's, he's, he's a great commentator. And I got news for you. Timothy Bradley is really good. I like Timothy Bradley. I like what he's done. He's busted onto this scene, um, you know, doing ringside analysis. And he's, uh, uh, he's doing a great job. He really is. Uh, I love his perspectives. And I love the way he calls a spade a spade. Now, the other guy, Mark Kriegel. I, there's no room for him here. Hey, this guy is terrible. You know, I, I was never a huge fan of Teddy Atlas. Never. But I definitely miss Teddy Atlas. I can't stand watching this guy. I can't stand listening to him. You know, he tries to make, he's like a Larry Merchant. You know, tries to make it, uh, you know, boxing's a rough and tumble sport. You know, I, let's let's speak like that. I, I don't know. That's me. That's me. But anyway, let's jump over to HBO, which sucked. I mean, HBO, what's happened? You know, uh, why is the elephant in the room about Roy Jones Jr.? I, I mean, Roy Jones is terrible. He's terrible. I mean, I, I love him as a fighter. I loved him as, as a fighter years ago. But he's terrible as a, as a commentator. Off. You know, Jim Lampley's lost it. Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. Can't do it without a prompter. Can't do it without punch stats. Just can't do it. You know, and, and Max, I don't know what to think of Max. You know, I like Max Kellerman. And, you know, I, I like the fact that he's multifaceted, uh, you know, does other sports. Um, but uh, I've always thought that the, the powers that be at HBO keep Max under control for some reason. And uh, I think it's time to, to let him loose, see, see what he can do, if anything. Because that, th that trio is in tough shape, tough shape. It's hard to watch. But uh, speaking of uh, hard to watch, it was hard to watch Saddam Ali, uh, Saddam Ali get beat like he did. Um, Jamie Mugaya, or Mugaya, or however they pronounced it, uh, Mugaya, uh, improved to 29-0 with 25 knockouts when he knocked out Saddam Ali at one minute two seconds of the fourth round up at the turning stone. Normally, I uh, am ringside for all those fights. Something came up, and I, and I just couldn't be. Um, and I, you know, wish I was there. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, Saddam Ali looked like a fish out of water. It was something not right about him. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, not that I don't want to give credit to Jamie Mugaya, but uh, Mungaya was, was, was much bigger. There's no question about it. And he clearly had punching power. But he seemed like he was delivering his, his punches kind of slow. He also seemed like uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, left himself open. He, he didn't really have much defense, it seemed, at least to me. Um, and yet he just methodically, well, maybe he felt that uh, Saddam Ali couldn't uh, do anything. But Saddam Ali didn't do anything. Um, wasn't trying to box or anything. You know, uh, Andre Rozier, the the uh, trainer, I, I think you know it, it's time to realize that this guy now I, now the, his job with Daniel Jacobs. I, I like what he's done with Daniel Jacobs, but let me tell you something. This kid, Saddam Ali, was in serious trouble. All right, when he went back to the ring, the referee came over and was saying, "I, I think we should stop this fighting," and he was actually mad that the doctor didn't stop it, according to. Uh, the uh, the three stooges calling the event, but uh, the truth of the matter is, is that you know Rozier, you know he's supposed to be the Zen guy. He's supposed to be you know the the mental, not only the actual physical coach, 
uh, trainer, but also, uh, you know, very good mentally with these guys. And he's going, he's the world champion, you know, give him another chance, you know, that, you know, hey, give him another chance. The guy was seemingly was at it. He was walking around. His his equilibrium was clearly off. His feet were not moving correctly. And that wasn't after that one round where he was like kind of doing the one and a half step back to to his corner. Um, he just even when he came out, he didn't look he didn't look right. And a trainer is supposed to see that. Forget about the title. Forget about tomorrow. Forget about making a comeback. Think about today. You know, everybody cries about the safety of the fighters, but what about the guys that have a that are in the direct position to do something about it? It's pretty sad, but uh, nonetheless, at the end of the fight, now remember, this is a this is the same guy that the Nevada State Athletic Commission, you know, they didn't approve him uh, because they said he wasn't experienced enough to face Triple G. But yet the same Nevada State Athletic Commission felt that Conor McGregor making his pro debut was experienced enough in boxing to fight Floyd Mayweather, who was 49-0. and 0. Um, You know, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has lost even the littlest bit of what I had left of respect for them. They are nothing more than a, a bunch of crooks. Uh, they go with the money, and I'll tell you the truth— I wouldn't have minded have seen Jamie Mungaya fighting Triple G. I got to admit, I wasn't too uh, up on Mungaya, uh, but uh, I, I tell you, I tell you, which would make a decent fight is him against uh, that Charlo. I always get the two Charlo brothers confused, Jermel, Jamal, uh, whichever one is in the junior middleweight division. That would be a good fight. At least you'd have two, you know, light heavyweights fighting for the junior middleweight. I mean, it's just amazing how big these guys look. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When I come back, I got some other uh, results. We got a little bit of news. I want to talk more about uh, Lomachenko. Is he one of the best fighters of all time? I think so. I'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? back you're watching and listening to the billy c show uh glad you could be with us today and speaking of being with us uh hey listen i want to open up the phone lines for a few minutes uh get your thoughts on vasily lomachenko give us a call 845-228-8710 845-228-8710 what's your thoughts on lomachenko's performance uh against uh jorge linares is uh lomachenko one of the best ever what do you think i mean uh He's only got 12 fights under his belt. One of them is a loss. Uh, but uh, let me know what your thoughts are. On Friday, uh, out of Philly, uh, Devin Haney uh, got his first big test, technically, uh, when he uh, beat Mason Menard um, the, uh, uh, at the end of uh, the ninth round. Uh, Mason Menard's corner uh, stopped the fight. Uh, so 
he was getting tattooed. De- Devin Haney was uh, was beating him. I was a little surprised. Devin Haney, the size that he has, um, didn't stop Menard. And 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 the reason I say that is because Mason Menard, uh, in his losses, with the exception now of this one, he's been stopped. Uh, he has fought, and when I broke down the fight uh, on uh, Friday, he has fought a very limited uh, opposition and pretty much was running that Louisiana circuit, um, you know, where they can, you know, fight the same guy uh, every night, you know. But um, I, it's just uh, I, I was surprised. At least his corner saw that the guy was taking a beat and he wasn't going to win the fight. There's no reason to continue. Uh, Devin Haney, I liked what I saw. He's 19-0 and 0 now, 13 knockouts. Big, strong, very technically sound 19-year-old. we got a couple of young fighters uh, in the sport today uh, that uh, are really uh, uh, making the outlook on the future uh, pretty bright. You know, you got uh, Haney is now one to keep an eye on. And Ryan Garcia, we saw a couple weeks ago, he's another one. Both 19-year-olds that have a a decent following already, and that's uh, important. So uh, congrats to uh, Haney, uh, looking good, uh, 19-0, 13 knockouts. Um, Joshua Greer Jr., this is the guy that brings the pillow, you know, he puts his opponents to sleep guy. Um, He... uh, uh, he beat um, Glenn uh, Desern. And I thought that this was a pretty entertaining fight. It was a back-and-forth fight. Uh, I, I, I liked it. Uh, but uh, uh, the fight was stopped uh, by the referee, Benny Estevides, and uh, he stopped it at 1 minute and 47 seconds of the eighth round, uh, giving Joshua Greer the victory, 17-1-1 and now with nine knockouts. Desern slipped to uh, nine, two, and one with uh, six KOs. Um, in a uh, in a fight that I loved, I loved watching this fight. And you know, quite honestly, I I I didn't really agree with the score. But in the light heavyweight division, Charles Foster uh, improved to sixteen and zero with eight knockouts when he won a unanimous decision over Alvin Vermal Jr out of Catskill, New York, who loses for the first time in his career. He's now 15-1-1 and with uh, uh, 12 knockouts. Um, you know, they apparently most people feel that Foster outworked, um, outworked Varmal, and for the most part he seemed uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, sticking his jab in, in Vermal's face, but... I loved the defense, the you know Mike Tyson esque defense and style of Alvin Vermal. Um, he was punching with power. I, his accuracy needs to be worked on a little bit. I thought the fight was closer. You know uh, the way the judges scored it. Two of them had it seventy seven seventy three. One had it seventy eight seventy four. I thought the fight was closer, um, but. Uh, uh, well, whatever. I, I enjoyed it. Both uh, guys deserve uh, uh, credit on that one. Uh, and uh, on a fight, I, I, I told you I wasn't going to, uh, you know, really talk about it, but I'll give you the, the, the result anyway. Tony Harrison improved to 27-2 and with 21 knockouts when he won a 10-round split decision 
over uh, Ishii Smith, who drops to 29 and 10, 12 knockouts. Um, one judge scored at 95-94 for Smith, uh, while the other two saw it 96-93 and 97-92 uh, for Harrison. Once again, scores all over the place. Um, Ishii Smith is just such a boring fighter. He, he you know, it, listen. You want to say what you want about you know fighters that are technically sound, sweet science guys, whatever. But you know, unfortunately, boxing is a sport, but it's also entertainment, and you can't expect to make the maximum number of money um, or maximum amount of money if your product, which is your style, is boring. Uh, you know, if if you're with a team that that promotes uh, victories and you know, hey, a win's a win type of a thing, and that's how you make your money. Well, you know, you run the risk of losing snooze fests like this one was. But the co-main event was exciting. It was in the cruiserweight division. Andrew the Beast Tabidi improved to 16 and over 13 knockouts when he knocked out former world title challenger Latif Coyote. Um, in the uh, sixth round, uh, Coyote couldn't get up. He did not beat the count. He drops to 21-3 and three with 16 knockouts. He's also got a couple of uh, no contests, no decisions or whatever. Um, that took place on Friday. On Saturday, um, former WBO Cruiserweight champ Christoph Glowacki, uh, or the way they pronounce it is Glowacki, uh, improved to 30-1. and one when he took care of uh, Santanger uh, Silgado, who dropped to 28-5 in round number one in Poland uh, on Saturday. And uh, over in England, um, for the he- former heavyweight title challenger Huey Fury uh, improved to 21-1 when he scored a fifth-round knockout over uh, Sam Sexton. Now, that was for the British uh, belt. Sam Sexton uh, drops to 24-4. and uh, So we'll see what... Uh, Huey Fury goes on from here. Uh, heavyweight roundup. Uh, some other fights that I wanted to talk about in the heavyweight division on Friday. Elaine uh, Banagongo improved to 3-0 and when he won a six-round decision over Miloslav Pavic, who drops to 0-4. Uh, Dominic uh, Musil, and these fights were out of the Czech Republic, improved to 2-0 and when he knocked out uh, Jan... Uh, Hrebrick, uh in the very first of a scheduled four-round fight. Hebrick uh, drops to 0 and 7. Also on Friday, from the Twin River Event Center in Rhode Island, uh, Joe Cusimano improved to uh, 15 and 1 when he knocked out Bernardo, Bernardo Marquez in the fourth of a scheduled six-round fight. Marquez drops to uh, 8, 4, and 1. On Saturday. In Belgium, Roberto Sicola uh, goes to uh, eight wins and a draw when he and Bahaha Al Darajajab, uh, who went to uh, now is O, O, and two draws. These two guys fought to a six round draw uh, in Belgium and added a turning stone up in Verona on the undercard of uh, um, the Saddam Ali fight, a uh, couple of heavyweights. Uh, Alex Vanassi improved to 4-0 when he stopped Ray Santiago in the third round of a scheduled fourth ra- uh, four-round fight. Santiago drops to 2-8. A little backstory on Ray Santiago. Um, 
this kid actually isn't as bad as his record would suggest. The problem is he doesn't train. He gets out of weight, uh, you know, out of shape and goes in heavy a lot. Uh, but it's a shame. He was never uh, guided correctly. And uh, he does it for money. And, and uh, you know, that's it. You know, but it's a shame because this was a kid that probably could have, could have, uh, you know, made a, a, a successful career instead of being just the sacrificial lamb. Uh, also on that card, Luis Vargas improved to 3-0 when he won a four-round uh, unanimous decision over Damian Lewis, who he's yet to win a fight. He's 0-8-1. So there's your uh, heavyweight uh, roundup for uh, uh, the weekend. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, uh, I got uh, some more uh, talk about... Uh, Vasily Lomachenko, like I said, I'm opening up the phone lines, man. You know, don't be scared. Give us a call. Let us know what you think of Vasily Lomachenko. Otherwise, I'm going to move on. 845-228-8710. I'm going to take a short break, uh, so don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, one last time, uh, anybody wants to give me their thoughts on Vasily Lomachenko, the phone line is open, 845-228-8710. And speaking of Vasily Lomachenko, um, after his performance on Saturday against a much bigger, stronger Jorge Linares, um, I, I really can't think of a better pound-for-pound fighter. I mean, I love Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is... Uh, uh, similar to Lomachenko in, in the sense where, you know, he's not afraid to engage. Uh, Terrence Crawford goes in for the kill. He's uh, defensively, he's solid. But Lomachenko just is a different level. I, I mean, you know, I, I would love to have seen a fighter like Lomachenko at middleweight or, or uh, you know, you know, physically bigger, you know, fighting at middleweight or, or uh, even a heavyweight. Oh my goodness! You saw a heavyweight with those skill set uh, would be the, the greatest ever. You know, um, you know. You look at a, a big man like Muhammad Ali, and you know the accolades that he gets to this day uh, for being so fluent and graceful in the ring. Could you imagine if a guy like Vasily Lomachenko was a heavyweight? Uh, what the accolades would be? Uh, you know, if he was the size. Of, of an Anthony Joshua uh, and and had the movement and the ability that he has now uh, it would be just one scary dude right I, I listen he's uh, he he's I, you know I hate to go all crazy over a guy with 12 pro fights I you know and I know what a lot of uh, uh, you know boxing fans you know ah, what are you talking about you know he's only fought the, who's he fought well he's fought 
He's fought a lot of good names, all right? Uh, he certainly hasn't backed away from anyone. And I would think it's the opposite. I, I think fighters, management, promoters don't want any part of Lomachenko, which is going to hurt him eventually. Now, Bob Arum is talking about a possible catchweight fight between he and, uh, and Manny Pacquiao. And um, although the fight sounds intriguing, and we know that Lomachenko will most likely be the smaller guy, uh, will definitely be the smaller guy. Um, you know, Pacquiao's not the same Pacquiao. And, you know, I just wonder how it would have gone, you know, if we did have that, that old time machine to bring us back and, you know, we get to see a prime Lomachenko fighting a prime Manny Pacquiao. Uh, you know, how would it have gone? I mean, you have the unorthodox style of uh, Manny Pacquiao. And talk about, you know, darting in, darting out with his angles and his hand speed and, and his punching power. But Lomachenko has a knack for avoiding the punches. And he just never, you know, when he circles around his opponent, when his opponent is trying to move, what, what, what you have to understand and what is so impressive to me is when Lomachenko, you know, like a, a, you, you go, you'll, a fighter will go back to his corner and, a, and his corner men will say, all right, listen, you know, he's, he's, he's loading up, you know, keep moving to your right, stay away from his power, keep moving to your right, or keep moving to your left, whatever they tell him, right? And you watch Lomachenko opponent go to do that, you know, get out of harm's way, punch and step to his right or punch step to your left and then you know go for, go in here blah 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 whatever they tell him and Lomachenko's there already <laughs> you know, goes to step Lomachenko pivots around and he's there so uh, he 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 causes his fighters not to his opponents not to be able to set themselves so that they can throw a punch but meanwhile he's in a position to throw a punch and he is he's letting his hands go that's another thing the guy lets his hands go He's not afraid to let his hands go. He had the one round after the sixth where he, he seemed to take his foot off the gas. He seemed to have a little more respect for, for Jorge Linares. He seemed to, to just be thinking. But once that round was over, he went back to auto mode. You see, the, the, the best fighters in the world and the best fighters throughout history go into auto mode. And they do things naturally. It comes natural to them. You know, the hard work, the practice, the, the, the sparring, you know, whatever other uh, additional work they do, it pays off. Because in the fight, in the heat of the battle, you go to auto mode. You know, I, I, it's, it's so evident when you look at fighters that have a bad habit or two or three or nine. And, you know, they change trainers. And then the trainer says, well, you know, I worked on this with him, and you know, now he's, he, you know, he was dropping his hand, now he doesn't, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for a few rounds, you see that the fighter is, is actually uh, successful at, at what the new trainer, you know, has, has tried to teach him. But in the heat of the battle, when the fight gets tough, when, the, when, the, when it really kicks up a notch, 99.99% of the time, that fighter reverts back to what comes naturally and automatically. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not so good. But with Vasily Lomachenko, this guy, when he's in auto mode, he's throwing lots of punches. 
He's very hard to hit. He's going in for the kill. He's working the body, the head. He's he's mixing up all kinds of punches. You know, he's got a jab. He's got his right. He's got his hook to the body. He's got his uppercut. I mean, you know, he's got his power left. I mean, this is a guy that that just uses them all. It's almost like he, he has fun using all of his punches, his whole arsenal. And uh, he's a tough he's a tough out. Javante Davis, will we see Javante Davis fight him? Um, I would love to see it. Somebody mentioned it in one of the chat rooms, uh, time to make the Tank Davis fight. Um, I think uh, Lomachenko might be too much for Tank Davis right now. And I love Tank Davis. It would be interesting to see um, how, how Javante Davis performs because he too has some blazing hand speed and uh, has a mean streak in him. Uh, I could see I could see that being one of the best fights that we've seen in in many many years. Uh, Lomachenko against uh, uh, Tank Davis. Uh, what a what a what a matchup that would be. Uh, I think anyway. Um, but uh, uh, Lomachenko, listen, uh, I honestly think that he is uh, uh, the best fighter out there today, pound for pound. My man Terence Crawford is is right behind him, and. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, when you start looking, and, and one of my rules, right, um, one of my rules that uh, uh, I've always instilled upon myself uh, is I don't like to talk about all-time great uh, positions or, uh, you know, how great they are, Hall of Famer, he's a future Hall of Famer, he's a future all-time great, he's this, he's got, and even what you know, recently retired fighters like Floyd, you know, I I've given people my opinion of where he sits in my all-time great pound for pound list, um, but normally I don't really officially put him on the list until they've been retired for five years. I think it's it's fair to the fighters to let their career sit for a little while and. You know, have a, have you know the the opportunity us have the opportunity to appreciate what their accomplishments were from their first pro debut to their final fight, and with all due respect to Floyd, I like to do that as well. Um, and with that said, Vasily Lomachenko um, is far from being over, but I got news for you: if somebody pressured me right now and asked me where he would fit on the all-time great list um he's up there he's above floyd mayweather i'll tell you that right now he's above floyd mayweather uh he's above manny pacquiao uh you know he's up there he's up there this kid this kid is good uh we're witnessing something very special here with vasily lomachenko uh you don't see it often it, it, it very rarely comes at all. People say, oh, you get a superstar like him every generation. Eh, I can't remember. I can't recall. And all the great fighters were always talking about the 80s and what a great era it was, etc., etc. But I honestly can't think of a fighter that is that has the complete package that Vasily Lomachenko has. This guy is exciting. He's got the skill set, you know. He's got the mean streak. Uh, he goes in for the kill. He's not. He's not trying to pussyfoot around and 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 run and win by a decision. 
You know, he wants you to remember the fights. And people are going to remember it. They're going to remember him, and they're going to remember his fights. He's going to finish. When it's all said and done, Vasily Lomachenko is going to be pretty high on the list, in my opinion. Um, some other news I want to uh, get to. Um, last week, uh, Eddie Hearn announced that uh, you know he signed this big billion-dollar deal with Dazn, D-A-S-N, Sports. It's a streaming uh, service, um, which... Uh, uh, is going to have uh, uh, at least 32 uh, fight cards a year. Uh, and they were saying how much it is. It's cheap. Uh, you know, you're not going to have to pay for pay-per-views. It's going to be, you know, uh, 20 25 bucks, something like that. Can't get it in the United States yet. You know, why would he come over here and make a big announcement? And, you know, we, we can't even get it. You can get it in Canada, but we're not in Canada. You know, but uh, uh, anyway. Uh, you know, Vladimir Klitschko has been in the news lately, you know, contemplating a comeback and everything. And, uh, you know, he uh, is talking about both the, the, the kings of the heavyweight division right now, uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. And uh, in an interview, uh, of course, everybody's talking about these two guys. Uh, Klitschko says, and I quote, uh, they're completely different fighters. I know both of them. They were both in my training camps. I sparred with both of them a lot of time. Uh, he says it's difficult to calculate where Deontay Wilder's a punching, uh, where Deontay Wilder's punches are coming from, but the strength, the core, the foundation that Anthony Joshua has, in addition to being an Olympic champ, uh, and he has the great amateur experience that Wilder doesn't have. Uh, I'll be happy, super happy, if I'm able to see Anthony Joshua succeed. I told him the more you shine, the more I shine. Um, I think that's a really good assessment of Deontay Wilder. And I don't mean because he, he seemed to think Anthony Joshua would have the better of him. But my, my thought is that Deontay Wilder is kind of an unknown commodity. We all know that he's got punching power. And his punches do come from crazy angles. And he hasn't really fought anybody. But yet when he did, he performed very well. His so-called you know weak chin proved to, to hold up. He's an unknown commodity. I think he would be tough to, to prepare for at the elite level. Uh, you know, uh, somebody getting a shot at him, um, you know, uh, you know they're going to go for broke. But, you know, when you, when you look at Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder, I think Deontay Wilder would have an easier time preparing for Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua is conventional. You know, he's a, he's a conventional fighter. Uh, he does things the way you're supposed to. Deontay Wilder doesn't. I think it's going to be harder for Anthony Joshua to train and prepare for Deontay Wilder because you can't overlook uh, his punches. Your defense has to be tight. Uh, you have to make sure you're in the right position for a counterpunch. And um, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, one other thing. I got a couple of emails to read. One other thing. Um... The uh, unbeaten two-division champion, Naoa Inoue, uh, is uh, going to be uh, uh, participating in the announced uh, World Boxing Super C Series Bantamweight Tournament uh, as long as he wins his fight on May 25th against Jamie McDonald. Uh, another big name uh, in that tournament. I love the World Boxing Super Series tournaments. I, I, I absolutely love them. They... Uh, 
and, and I love the fact that um, uh, that the uh, fighters uh, are agreeing to it, especially with the layout uh, of uh, you know not really knowing who you're going to fight. You know, I love it. Um, speaking of uh, Anthony Joshua, my main man uh, Johnston, uh, our UK correspondent, um, gave me an update. And uh, he says, uh, Anthony Joshua is reportedly set to sign a monster 100 million pound extension to his promotional agreement with Eddie, Ma uh, Eddie Hearn's uh, Matchroom Sports that would see him become boxing's biggest earner. Barry Hearn uh, had some things to say, and he said, now Barry Hearn is Eddie Hearn's father, uh, said, uh, Anthony is an astute young man. And he knows what matchroom boxing has to offer him when his contract runs out in November. He says, to start with, Anthony is signed to the biggest and best promotional company in the world. We have the financial clout to make sure the big fights can go ahead at the big venues. You know, before I go on, that is such an important statement. And I think it's indicative of why... You know, when we specifically are looking at Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder, why the fight hasn't been made sooner is because no one else can come up with the money that both parties are going to demand except, uh, you know, uh, Matchroom. Yes, I know about the $50 million deal from Deontay Wilder, but that was a pipe. That, that, listen, it was, a, it was a scam. It was a... a PR move to keep negotiations and the discussion in the press, which and it worked. Um, but, you know, as I read on, you'll see what I'm talking about. He says, uh, we also have an exclusive contract with Sky Sports uh, and Sky Box Office to screen quality boxing. On top of all of that, Anthony is a close friend. If he went, meaning left that promotional company, it would be like losing someone in the family. Um, he says uh, um, when uh, when Anthony Joshua had some comments to say um, about this contract, he says, "Listen, and this is concerning the Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua fight. This is Anthony Joshua now. The other quote was Barry Hearn. This says, listen, we're in the process of exchanging offers, and we're just going through the finer details now. Now." What I read into that is, so they are communicating, and they are doing it behind closed doors. Great. Um, he says, the destiny has been written. Some people have been in a way. They caused a few hurdles. We got over them, but we're at the last one right now. He says, I'm praying from now, training from now, uh, for that fight. It says, he says, this is Joshua, says, it seems to be the most important fight out there. He says, uh, the emails have been the cherry on the top in terms of what the fight incurs in terms of finance. But other than that, now we're just going through the finer details, where it's going to be, who's going to broadcast it, all of that. Promoter talk. That's what it is, really. This is Anthony Joshua talking. He says, who's going to promote it? Where the first press conferences will be, will they be in New York, Los Angeles, the UK, different territories, when it will start, just so they're going through that to be fair. So they're all discussing that stuff now. So obviously the money part has been done. 
Um, he says, uh, that's the fight I want, and it's here now. We're looking at the options. The WBA mandatories, Povetkin, I'm not really interested in that right now. Not right now. While there's an opportunity to fight Wilder, this fight has to happen this year. Um, you know, and then Johnston says, I'm still not completely convinced it'll be, uh, it'll be next as there seem to be a lot more hurdles to overcome, but you never know. Maybe Sal was right. He says, one more question. How on earth did one of the judges score in favor of Lynn Ayers on Saturday? I don't know, bro. I, you know, I thought that, I thought Lynn Ayers was, you know, did win a, two rounds before the stoppage. Um, and he clearly, uh, the knockout, the knockdown round, uh, he, you know, depending upon how you score it, I, I'm, it's going to be curious to see what Larry Hazard thinks on Wednesday because I'm going to say to him, listen, in that round, I thought Lomachenko was winning that round, and then you get a flash knockdown. Does it become 10-8, or should that have been scored a 10-9 round, a 10-9 in favor of Linares? You know, or do you score a 10-9 in favor of, of uh, uh, of Lomachenko and then deduct the point for the knockdown to make it 9-9. I, I don't know. I don't know. But automatically, all three judges scored it 10-8 for Linares. And, you know, that's a two-point swing if you thought that Lomachenko was winning that. But anyway, um, just a comment on the Anthony Joshua, uh, Deontay Wilder fiasco uh it sounds, whether it's BS or not, and the fact that we haven't heard anything from, from the loudmouth Deontay Wilder, um, I would believe that they are negotiating hot and heavy behind closed doors. And for Anthony Joshua to come up with some of those terms, like where the press conference is going to be, you know, et cetera, et cetera, means that those are the types of things that are being discussed uh, because he's not just pulling them out of the air, you know. Um, so maybe we are going to see that fight this year. Again, the rumor had it that he was going to fight Povetkin, that Deontay Wilder was going to fight Brazil, and then they would meet at the end of the year. I, personally, they shouldn't fight a preliminary fight. I've said it all along. I've given reasons. Too many risks. Uh, you got the biggest payday for both of these guys right now. Make the fight. Do a two-fight deal with a fight in between. Everybody's happy. Um, one last email. Uh, this is from uh, my man uh, Mitch. He says, on one show last week, you batted out of order, just like Sal's Mets did. And you read my email first. It's my Mets. I'm a Mets fan. Sal Yanks likes the Yankees. Uh, and he was uh, sent me a link to... Uh, a very humiliating thing. I had to watch it. I was I was watching a game on TV, and I'm like, "What's going on, man? What? Why? Why? You know?" Because Cabrera just hit a double, and he's on second base, and there's two outs, and all of a sudden I see the manager uh, come running out. He talks to the ref, uh, to the uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, refs, or you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, refs, and um, all of a sudden he goes. Everybody's looking around. He's out inning over and I was like what did he do did he miss the base I'm like no if he missed the base he would have had a they would have you would have seen them throw the ball and tag the base 
Um, you know, I'm saying, did he hit the? Did he touch the plate when he hit the ball? Because you know, you can't hit the. If you hit, if you're making contact with the with the baseball and your foot touches the plate, you're automatically out. Um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine what happened. Then I found out the Mets batted out of order, which is an out. And I was discussing this with somebody, and he says, "Oh man, Bill, you know," and he's a Yankee fan, so he's busting my chops. He's going, "Bill, man, I." You know, the, the the Mets batting out of order. When was the last time you saw that happen? I said, you know, it happens more often than you think. And he looked at me and he's like, what are you talking about? I said, I was at my granddaughter's t-ball game and they bat out of order all the time. That's how sad the Mets have become. And I was so proud of them. I, I, I even made stupid bets because I was betting with my heart. But the Mets will be lucky if they finish this season 500. This, uh, this new coach uh, is over-managing. That's the problem. He's overmanaging. But uh, anyway, uh, he says, uh, I like when you open up the, the emails with Joel or Coach. or You forgot, Jesse is usually the guy I always open up with. He says, and then close with mine. Uh, he says, anyway, your listeners know that Andre Rozier is the number one tra- rated trainer on your pound-for-pound pound list. I'm not sure how he slipped and how shaky, after how shaky Jacobs looked in his last fight, and how Ali looked on Saturday. Was Saturday the case of Sanam Ali's corner being more brave than him? Uh, most definitely. Most definitely. And he says, uh, I always, I know you always talk about that stuff in the past. Also, the, the considerate bad matching making by uh, Golden Boy by allowing this giant as a short-notice opponent for Sanam Ali. Um. He's a giant because we all got to see him in the ring on, uh, you know, the night of the fight. Prior to that, very few people saw this guy. Most of his fights were in in Mexico. Um, The Nevada, the joke of all commissions, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, you know, said he didn't have enough experience to fight Triple G. uh, But yet they, you know, let Conor McGregor make his pro debut against Floyd. Um I just think it's a case of uh, a decent big man destroyed a, a, a decent smaller man. Saddam Ali was no world beater, you know. And and to the other thing that it just seems something was off because you know he fought Cotto and beat Cotto. Now Cotto was not a big guy, but Cotto can pop. He can bang, you know. And he took care of. Co- I mean, he took Cotto's punches, um, but. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know if you guys caught the reactions of his father in in the stands in the audience there, right ringside. It was like disgusted. You know, I don't know when you see when you see your equilibrium off, and you're walking back to the to the corner, and then you go to get up, and you're still a little off balance. A, a good trainer would have just grabbed this fighter and said, I, "I'm making the decision. It's over." You know, it was like one of the most horrific things I ever witnessed um, live. I was calling a fight in uh, uh, New Mexico, and it was a Holly Holm fight. And Holly Holm uh, had, uh, she was fighting a French girl um, who just looked like this older woman who was going to get beat up really bad. She just didn't have any tone to her body or anything, and she is like this power punching killer and uh she had holly home in all kinds of trouble as a matter of fact i'll never forget it the the referee rocky burke 
um, called. She she was clearly down. Okay, right in front of me actually, and he called it a slip, and you know it seemed like he was trying to give her, you know, do her a favor, do Holly a favor. She's the hometown. We were in Albuquerque. But what he did was he didn't give her any time to recover. An eight count would have been a few seconds. Anyway, she takes a few more seconds of, of a beating. The round ends. She staggers back to her round, uh, to her corner. And I'm watching her. She was right next to me. And I'm watching her. And there's nothing going on. She, her hands are slumped down. Her legs are slumped. Halfway through the, the uh, break period, I started seeing her leg moving. Like, you know, she was, you know, getting her senses back. And, you know, at that point, uh, the, the, her trainer's name is Mike Winklejohn. He should have stopped the fight. He should have stopped the fight. And he didn't. The trainer was too tough for the fighter. Holly went out and subsequently got knocked out. Um, came back and avenged that loss, but still. You know, there comes a time, you know, we're always talking about safety of fighters, safety of fighters. You know, there's always outrage when something really bad happens. But what about preventative measures? You know, I mean, that's the key, preventative measures. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I got uh, some news in the light heavyweight division. You know what I'm going to say, right? Well, if not, I'll say it in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Hey, I'm not sure I uh, answered uh, my man Mitch's last question. He, he wanted to know if it was, uh, if I thought it was bad matchmaking by Golden Boy um, to uh, allow such a giant uh, short notice to fight uh, Ali. And and I did say, well, you know, I just think the the, the word wasn't out on this guy. Um, but, uh, but the other thing is, is that, you know, I, I thought that everybody took Mugaya lightly. I know, I know I did. I, that was the only fight that I picked incorrectly this weekend. Uh, I, I thought that Saddam Ali was going to win. As a matter of fact, I, I think the exact words that came out of my mouth were, you know, when a fighter wins a title, uh, they get, they, they kick themselves up a notch. Well, he certainly didn't do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, he looked a little... I was just commenting in one of the chat rooms. Uh, he looks a little, uh, uh, you know, pudgy around the uh, midsection, Ali did. Uh, 
I want to give a shout out to my man Walter. He's saying hello from Italy. I got, I gotta, I gotta say hello to a paisan, you know, from uh, from Italy. I, I've never, you know, I, I'm 100 percent Italian, and I've never uh, been to Italy. I, I came really close one time. We were doing an event uh, in uh, in France, and I was about to uh, spend. Uh, uh, you know, they had this train that uh, took you over there, and I, I was going to spend, uh, uh, you know, basically a day and a half. Uh, in Italy, and and I never it, it, the the schedule changed, and uh, uh, that was it. I I never got there. One of these days, I'm going to get out there. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, it was announced. I I actually knew about this before they uh, physically uh, uh, announced it. Um, but uh, uh, Sergey Kovalev and uh, Eldir uh, Alvarez will be fighting August fourth at the Hard Rock. Uh, uh, hotel and casino in Atlantic City. Now the Hard Rock uh, isn't even open yet. Uh, it's scheduled to open uh, June 28th, so August 4th uh, is going to be uh, uh, that date. Um, that ought to be an interesting fight. Uh, I think we'll get a chance to see uh, where uh, everyone is, where at least uh, uh, Sergey Kovalev is. Uh, but uh, we'll see what uh, see what's going on uh, with that. Um, what else? Uh, I was getting, uh, um, you know, uh, the guy in the chat room saying that I'm changing my opinion on uh, Big Baby. What are you talking about? I think he's, uh, uh, I think he's a bum. I think, uh, Jarrell Baby Miller is a bum. Uh, you know, I, you know, he's, he's over, I don't even think he should be in a discussion. Listen, my, my final thoughts Forget about Big Baby Miller. The guy is a fraud, uh, in, in my opinion. But um, my final thoughts on Lomachenko. Uh, you know, Vasily Lomachenko is a special fighter. There's no question about that. And whether you're a fan of his or not, um, if you're a fan of the sport of boxing, you have to recognize the skill set of Vasily Lomachenko. And you also have to admit, whether you may want to or not, that this is a very special fighter. Um, one that we haven't seen, at least in my lifetime. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of great fighters. And I just don't think that I've ever seen a guy, a fighter like Lomachenko, that does the things he does so flawlessly and is such an exciting fighter, I, I just can't recall it. I'm sorry. And, and you, know, I, you know, I'm old enough to have enjoyed some great eras of boxing. And I'm not saying there wasn't great fighters, you know, the last 60 years. I'm not saying that. There were a lot of great fighters. And I'm not saying that there aren't great fighters out there today. I, I, you know, two young fighters that I absolutely love, Javante Davis and, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford, both extremely talented young men. But Lomachenko's a different breed. Lomachenko is a guy that if he was a bigger fighter, this guy could be making more money than anyone ever made in this sport. This is a guy that if you want to see, see what the definition of the sweet science is, not read it, not listen to some guy that's trying to tell you what it is, um, but no, see it for yourself. Watch Lomachenko fight. 
because Vasily Lomachenko is the definition of the sweet science. This is a guy that can stand right in front of you within your target, within your reach, within your danger zone, and you can't hit him. You're, you're trying, and you can't. And when you try to physically move out of the way, he's there hitting you. And not only is he hitting you, he's hitting you more time, a couple of more times than two and three, maybe two, three, four. How about his angles, where the punches come from? Where? Exactly, where? Where are they coming from? Where did that one come from? How did he get over there? I was just moving to the right, and there he is. He's there before me. You know, I used to say that I thought the best ring general in boxing for the last 25 years was Triple G. Triple G definitely controls that ring, but so does Lomachenko. Lomachenko got caught with a shot in the sixth round. It was a straight-on punch, landed straight on his face. And I think because of the way he moves around, between the force of the punch, the uh, way he came straight in, it just put him on his fanny. And he jumped up. He clearly was not hurt. He was embarrassed. And, you know, he came right after Linares. However, it seemed that he did, you know, uh, display some respect for Jorge Linares after that punch. And he was cautious for the rest of that round and the following round, round seven. But then in round eight, it was back to himself. That's why I was a little, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word upset, but I I was a little uh, confused of why the judges had it the way they did. I thought clearly Lomachenko was winning that fight um, to suggest that he was down a point or even a even at that point of stoppage? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Um, our trivia question, I, you know, I, did, I gave a huge hint last week, and we didn't even get, I, I didn't even get anybody to try. So I'm kicking it to the curb. No, I'm not giving you the answer. No, I'm not. Not giving you the answer. But I'm going to read another one for you. And it's a who am I question, all right? And it's not the same one that I asked a couple weeks ago. It's going to sound it when I first read it, but it's not. So if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win. Uh, I still got, yeah, you'll win the uh, title about championship computer game. I still got that. I once stopped a world champion in less than one round. And then in my very next fight, I stopped his brother. Who am I? I once stopped a world champion in less than one round, and then in my next fight, I stopped his brother. Who am I? If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Now, don't forget... We uh, require you to email it. So if you post it somewhere, it doesn't going to matter. On this day in boxing history, May 14th in 1952, Lario Salas wins a 15-round decision over Jimmy Carter uh, to win the world lightweight title. It took place in uh, Los Angeles, California. On this day in 2005, Will Grigsby 
wins a 12-round decision over Victor Burgos uh, to win the IBF World Junior Flyweight title that took place in Vegas. On this day in 1883, John L. Sullivan knocks out Charlie Mitchell in the third round of their fight that took place in New York City. On this day in 1946, Gus Levenich knocks out Freddie Mills in the 10th round to retain his World Light Heavyweight title that took place in London. On this day in 1978, Rocky Manitoli knocks out Jose Duran in the 5th round to retain his WBC World Junior Middleweight title and that took place in Italy. And finally, on this day, May 14th in 1908, Joe Gans knocks out uh, Rudy Unholes uh, in the 11th round uh, to retain his world lightweight title, and that took place in California. Gans, uh, Gans would fight three more times before his death at age 35, uh, which he passed away on August 10th in 1910. He suffered from uh, uh, tuberculosis. Uh, hey, listen, boys and girls, that concludes our show for today. But make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>